Today I want to talk about something called ropes and bells. Ropes and bells. Ropes and bells. It's easy to mistake that we're actually, everything is about a building. It's easy to mistake that a building is actually the church. But the question we have to ask is, what does God really want? Does he want a building? Is that what he wants? I don't think it is. I don't think it's a building that he wants. There's something else that he desires deeply, and yet he used buildings along the way. And so I want to do is I want to trace a thread that goes all the way from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And there's little knots on the thread that I see that I want to point out. There are six different knots that I can trace on this thread. And here's the first one. The knot was in the Old Testament. It says this, that God said he wanted to dwell amongst his people. How do we know that? Because we know in the Old Testament when, when, when God made his covenant with Abraham and then he had a son Isaac and he had a son Jacob and they became a bigger nation and they settled in the land of where the Egyptians were and the Egyptians didn't like how many people there were so they enslaved them, okay? And we all know the story about how the Israelites were enslaved and it says this, that God found a guy called Charlton Heston, right? And he said, so Moses and Aaron, that's the Charlton is Moses, okay? So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to, him, said, said to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, that's the Israelites says, how long will you refuse to humble yourself? He said to Pharaoh, how long will you refuse to humble yourself before me? Let my people go so that they may, what does that word say? worship, right? Now that's not because God's sitting there going, there's no one admiring me. I don't have enough followers on my Instagram account. That's not what worship is about. Worship is about communion and relationship. And he's like, I want my people to be free so that they can have proper communion and relationship with me. That's what that was about. And God wanted to break the enemies back that they could be free to worship. That's one of the biggest steps that you could ever take as a Christian to be free in your emotions, to be free in your thinking, to be free in your behavior and your attitude, to be free to have a proper communion and a, co- a proper relationship with our heavenly father. Here's the second knot that I see on this journey. In the desert, God built a tent to dwell in them. Because when they became free from bondage under the Egyptians, they went into the desert, went into the wilderness. They were there for 40 years and they wandered there for 40 years and, and they were there to worship God. And, and, and as we, we know the stories, when they're there, God decides to say, I want a tent. I want a special place that is gonna be for me to come down and dwell and I want to be amongst you all. I know you can't approach me directly because sin can't approach the, un- the, the unapproachable, can't approach the, the holiness of God, right? So but I still want to be with you. So they made this tent in that place and it says in Exodus 3, 44, 6, 46, it says, so I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons to serve me as priests. It continues on. Then I will dwell among the Israelites and be their God. They will know that I am the Lord, their God, who brought them out of Egypt so that I might dwell amongst them. I am the Lord, their God. You see, he keeps saying this. He's now explaining it even more. I want to be with my people is what he's saying. God set them free and he sets us free so that he might, not just that we might be able to, we might be able to worship him, but that he might be able to dwell with us. I love that. I want to make a quick note here, quick, quick note, right? I want you to notice this, that with Abraham, God made his covenant. With Moses, he came to dwell with the people. There's an order for how a holy union is meant to come to pass. He made the covenant first and then he dwelled with the people. 
Oftentimes in our culture, what we do is we flip that and we'll say, I'll live with you and I'll get to find out whether I like you or not and then maybe I'll marry you. That's not God's way. I'm not here to condemn you or criticize you if you've done it the other way around. I'm just telling you, this is the model that God gave us. Let's go to the third knot that I believe is in this thread that goes all the way through scripture. In the promised land, once they had finished with being in the desert, they crossed over the river, <coughs> Jordan, and Joshua led them into finally into the promised land, which is present day Israel as we know it today. In the promised land, God built a temple. So hundreds of years later, he said, you know what, I'm done with the tent. I want you to, I want you to let me, let me, let me upgrade you, right? I want you to go take me to the next level. I want you to have something that reflects who I am. I want you to have a better tool so that you can draw the nations to you and you can draw the nations to me through you so that, so that they might be able to confess they might be able to have a relationship with God. And that actually is what happened. Now, on that day when they actually made the, they built the temple, King Solomon had, had all these sacrifices and he put these sacrifices before God. And this is what it says in 2 Chronicles 7. When Solomon finished praying, fire came down. Wow. Fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Now watch this. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled it, right? So this was no longer just about the presence of God amongst his people. This was now the manifest power of God amongst his people. You see, what we don't want to do is we don't want to just gather us together on a Sunday morning and we're able to feel the presence of God. We want you to get to the place where you're moving in the power of God to go out and help people to discover God themselves. Jesus said, you'll do greater things than I. You will lay hands on people and they will be healed. You will, you, will, you will cast out demons. You will call the dead to rise again. Now, I'm not saying you have to go do it tomorrow and it'll all be fixed and all be done. No, but we literally have to take a step into believing that that's true, that God wants to manifest His power through us. Let's move past just the presence of God into the power of God. But look at this, even when the power of God came, the, the priests could not enter the temple. They're like, I'm not going in there. It's fire. I'm not going in there. Verse three, when all the Israelites saw the fire coming down and the glory of the Lord above the temple, they knelt on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and they gave thanks to the Lord. What happened there? Something was stirred up in the people. Something was stirred up because they saw God moving. Something stirred up inside of them that said, I want to be a part of that. My question to you this morning is, are you stirred up with the presence of God? Are you stirred up with the power of God? And if you're not stirred up, what are your eyes upon? Are you looking the other way? Are you looking at something else? Are you looking at the world? Are you being distracted by something else? Because I'm telling you, the power of God is moving in people's lives. And I want you to be expectant, to be expectant of the power of God to move more, move past just the presence of God into the power of God because that's what He wants to manifest in us. Here's the fourth knot on this list. The fourth knot out of six. God gave special instructions on how to approach Him. Now this is very significant because this is where we're gonna talk about bells and ropes. Now when the priests were meant to approach God, they had this long garb and this long uh, robe that was on and they had these little tassels and in between all the tassels were bells so that when they went into the presence of God, they would actually jingle and everyone could know he's still okay. Right? In fact, it tells us right here, it says in Exodus 28, 35, Aaron, who was the, the chief priest, said, uh, must wear that, that garment when he ministers. The sound of the bells will be heard and when he enters the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out so that he will not 
die, right? It's dangerous to come before a holy God. Now, this is actually not in Scripture, but it's in very, it's in the early Jewish writings about what happened when the people went towards God. Have I got Big Dave here? Big Dave, here's Big Dave. Look at Big Dave. Give Big Dave a big round of applause. Simply because he's Dave and he's gorgeous and he's big, right? So what they did is they would tie this rope around their leg like this. And then they would say, okay, if we hear you jingling, then everything's good, right? Everything's good. So I'm the, I'm the priest and I'm gonna go in and I'm like, big Dave, if you hear the jingling stopping, pull me out, brother, right? And then I'm gonna go in and I'm gonna go in the Holy of Holies because I have to offer a sacrifice on behalf of the people of God for the sin that they committed that year. And I'm gonna make a sacrifice before God and say, God, we still want to be in communion with you, but our sin is such an offense to you. We want to make sure that we clear the decks as much as possible, but we're, we're, we're making this sacrifice and we're coming before the Holy God. And if the bell start, stop jingling, what is Dave meant to do? Pull me out. He's got to pull me out of the presence of God. He's got to pull me out of the dangerous, dangerous presence of God. Why? So he could bury me, so we don't have a stinking corpse, so that my, my, my body isn't an, a, a, an insult before the presence of God. But here's the fifth, here's the fifth knot on this rope, fifth out of six. In the New Testament, God decided to send a priest in that was worthy to actually take a sacrifice in. And he didn't take a sacrifice in. He made himself the, the sacrifice and that was Jesus Christ. That was one sacrifice that would be a sacrifice that would cover every sin that was repented of. It would cover everything. And he was our high priest is what the Bible says. It's a beautiful thing. And that means that when he went in there, he made the sacrifice and then he turned around and he opened up the gates. He opened up the curtains. He split them apart and said, you're now all welcome to be in the presence of God. But at that moment is when God decided to actually change the location of his temple. He decided it wasn't gonna be in a building. In Ephesians 2, 19, 22, it says, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building, that's you, that's me, is joined together and rises to become, what does it say? A holy temple. God changed the location of his temple to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. How amazing is that? That God decided to move away from a building into you. God has moved away from buildings. That's why I don't want us to get confused of thinking, are we just building a building? Why are we building a building? Do we need to build? We're only talking about building. The building is just the tool. It's the tool for the temple to exist. You're the temple. You're the presence of God. But look at this. And in Him, you two are being built together. Sometimes it's easy to see the body of Christ is not perfectly one. We're not perfectly in unity. Everything's not perfect together. Let me tell you, you're being built. There are circles that need to learn how to be connected together. We need to be connected together even racially. We need to be connected even in our genders. We need to be connected together in our generations together. That's the type of church we want to have. And it's not gonna happen overnight. It's gonna come with you putting a lot of work in, being built together. That's the type of church we're building. God vacated buildings and he moved to your heart to dwell. 
Here's the last knot on this list. God changed the ability to approach him. You see, we no longer had to put bells on in order to be with God. We no longer had to have a rope around our leg to be with God. Look at this in Hebrews chapter four, verse 16. It says, let us therefore draw near with, what does that word say? Boldness unto the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help us in time of need. I'm here to tell you that the ropes have gone. The bells have gone. You are free to approach God. Here's the two things I want you to walk away with today. Number one, you are the temple of God, not the building, right? You get that? You're the temple. The building is just a tool. You're the temple. We can't go there and go, okay, building, grow our church. All right, building, get people saved. All right, building, change my life. The building can't do anything. It's an inanimate object. It's what we, the saints, the Christians of the kingdom do with that building to see people become saved and one to Christ. That's what it's about. But here's the second thing I want you to leave with. Here's the second thing. Listen to me now very carefully. I want you to cut the rope that stops you from being bold. Because there are many of us that are still walking in to the calling and the presence of God with this rope that is still tying us to the world. It's still tying us to a plan B. It's still tying us to, if this doesn't work out, then I'll do this thing over there. It's still tying us to the influence and the fear of what life used to be about. Yesterday, I was at the office here and I was just, I was, I was working here and a, a lady comes up to the door and she knocks on the door. Uh, we've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, she knocks on the door and she was asking for some help. So I gave her some help and I, and I got chatting with her. And, uh, and one of the things she needed was she needed some help from, from uh, uh, like a library because they do certain things. And I said, well, the library's just done this way. You go that way. And she's like, I don't know this place. And I said, what do you mean you don't know this place? She said, I've literally just moved here, but I'm homeless. And I said, okay, why did you move to Orlando to be homeless? And she said, because I used to be a drug addict in Sarasota. Her name's Madeline. And I'm telling you, what a God moment with her. And she said, I moved from Sarasota. And I said, what was your life, down in, like, that, what was your life like down in Sarasota? She said, I was a drug addict. I had problems with it. And I decided one day, a long time ago, I'm gonna get rid of this. I'm done with this. I am finished with that life. And she said, but one of the things I realized was I had to cut off the world that I came from. I had to move away. I'd rather be homeless in Orlando than have a home in Sarasota and still be tied to that world that I came from. Because you know what it's like for drug addicts, she said, and I'm like, no, I don't. And she's like, you know what it's like for drug addicts. You know, it's like that when you, the people know you and you know them and they're gonna come and they're gonna tempt you. She said, I come up here, nobody knows me. They don't know what my wrestles are. They don't know what my struggles are. So I'm not tempted with someone trying to get me to do something I don't wanna do. And in that moment, I'm like, cut the rope. Cut the rope. Cut the rope of whatever is tying you to the world, whatever is tying you to old thinking, whatever is tying you to a plan B in your life. Cut the rope and be all in for God. Be bold in approaching Him. Be bold in giving yourself completely to Him because the world still needs us. Are you all in with this thing? Are you all in to keep going big, to be bold in the presence of God? If you are, let's stand this morning and let's end in prayer. And I want you to be encouraged to know that you today are the temple. When you walk out there, stop criticizing yourself. Stop saying I'm not good enough. You're a work in progress. You're the body of Christ who is being built. You're becoming the presence of God for other people. Father in heaven, I pray that you would bless every person here this morning. 
I pray, Father, you would renew their mind. You would change their hearts, that you would cut the rope of what ties them to old way of thinking, of old measurements, of old examples, of old voices in the past. I pray that every person in this room would be like Madeline and say, I'm cutting off my old world and I'm gonna be all in for the new life that I know that I've got to live. Father, I pray you pray. I pray that you would fill every person up with your Holy Spirit. I ask this in your precious son's name. And if you're with me, give a loud thanks to God in heaven. Come on, amen.